He led uh, Evans get 110 yards. Come on now, okay. 110 yards. All right, Lee. You, 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 hey, hey, listen. You've only been on the show two times. <laughs> Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. And we are back again with another episode. We almost got a full house tonight. We got Lee Miller back again, and we got Mr. Todd Brooks in the house. Boys, how y'all doing tonight? Hey, you know, I'm doing good. Good, good, good. Hey, and by the way, Lee is my cousin, and so he is a diehard Falcons fan. Obviously, I said that before, uh, locally here in Georgia, and uh, we're glad to have him on the show for another appearance. So welcome aboard again, Lee. That'll be your stand, Todd. Let's get it. Let's get it. Okay. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. So um, let's talk about what happened Sunday. And we'll talk about what didn't happen. Todd, I'm just going to let you talk because it sound looks like you just <laughs> you look like you just ate sour lemons. Uh, go for it. Well, Stan, Stan, in a lot of ways, it was really what we talked about. You know, it's almost like I, don't, I didn't expect the Falcons to get a big lead there at the very beginning. But the running game wasn't there. And we pretty much said beforehand it wasn't going to be there. And yeah. I think they had a big part to do with in the second half. Yeah. So the Falcons played the um, played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. Uh, the Falcons get red hot. They had the best drive they've ever had this season. They were six. Matt Ryan was six for six in the first on the first. Uh, it, you know, the first the first series is always scripted, and or, right. most of the time. And so they were six for six. They dialed it up. Dirk Cutter was calling the right plays at the right time. And uh, Matt Ryan looked good. Easy touchdown. No drama. Red zone. A-OK. Then they put up 17 before half. And then you're thinking the Tampa Bay got them. Tampa Bay Bucks got them right where they want them. And uh, it happened. The Falcons go on a Falcon. And that saying right there is just, we could talk about this later. I mean, obviously, just as a mentality thing of like cleaning house is kind of what Lee was talking about uh, in the last episode is just like bringing another coach in and like being like clean, like erasing that mentality. But um, the Falcons running game is so pathetic that they had 13 rushes for the entire game. And one of those was unplanned. One of those was Matt Ryan. So they had 12 total attempts in an entire game. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a problem that, you know, your quarterback, Matt Ryan, is a second rusher with 16 yards, and Smith gave 24 yards per game. I don't think we can always just put the um, the pressure on the running back. I look at the old line as well. I mean, we got Matt and we got Matthews, but, you know, Good football teams, you gotta have to you gotta have a run game. You gotta be the grin. I look at the University of Alabama there, they punch people in the mouth. Yeah. And as you were running back, if you play a ball to running back, you know they lineman not moving, hey, run into their back. 
make a yeah. move. And I think I think Dirk just he he abandoned the run game. I think at the end of the day, hey, keep hey, make them linemen move. We gotta keep going at it, keep going at it. And I think we abandoned it so early. And Dirk just won the pass. I mean, look, look at the yards we got, Matt Ryan got for the, the passing yards. But hey, on the O side, hey, we have to keep the defense off the field. We have to keep defense off the field. Uh, the time possession has to be more. We we always know the first half. I mean, we do good, but when we come back on the second half, what's the problem? I mean, AJ Terrell, he he let uh, Evans get 110 yards. Come on now, okay. 110 yards. All right, Lee. You, 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 hey, hey, listen. You've only been on the show two times. <laughs> Back it up. But look, he's feeding me. I've said stuff about AJ Terrell. Yeah, although he was playing much better. Um, yeah, the the turnover battle too i mean i'm not the turnovers but i'm in possession like you were saying lee the falcons only had the ball for 28 minutes they possessed it for a lot more there in the first half and they're letting tampa bay beat them in time possession they ended up with 31 minutes and it's just not healthy to keep your defense on the field for that long i don't care how good the defense is even if it's playing at an elite level they just can't be on the field that long exactly I'm with you, Ty. I mean, you're going to get tired. I mean, you made the Bucks punt four times. I mean, you're outstanding. You're doing your job up front. You're doing right. your job up front. But, again, uh, playing for 60 minutes, uh, hey, every, any, you're human. You're going to get tired. That goes to complimentary football and having competent coaches in place to understand that, hey, the defense – I mean, they obviously they gave up 31 points, but mm-hmm. they held them scoreless mm-hmm. in the first half. So something was right. going right. Right. So, like, going to halftime, I don't know what – they everybody just splits and goes and gets massages or they don't huddle. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are y'all just eating bananas in there? Like, I like – I, do they talk strategy at halftime? Because it seems that they come out in the same the same strategy and they get eight alive in the second half. So I, I think it's just, you just gas. I mean, like you say, even on the O side, they, they gave up zero sacks the first half. I mean, I think people are just not, you know, getting their oxygen on the second half and, and, and completely like this. And I also too think too, and Lee, I know you're you're a former uh player. Yeah. I think it it seeps into your mentality when you've been blowing leads for so long and you get, the, you know, in baseball, they call the ips where you just, mm-hmm. you just, you get snake bit and you, you're trying so hard to execute that you're, you're forcing it and it's not, the game's not coming to you and you're making dumb mistakes. I mean, there was like the amount of mistakes at the end of that fourth, the end of that fourth quarter is incredible. I mean, yeah. Uh, I know AJ Terrell goes, he goes down um, and they haul, uh, I guess, practice squad guy gets put in, pressed into action against, um, you know, a still dangerous Antonio Brown and he gets burnt for sort of 46 yards. But the, what, what led up to Hall being even in the game was I think AJ Terrell was, was cramping. And so they had to pull him out. Um, yeah. Anyway. Oh, did you hang on about before you get started with that? Did you see the picture of, um, of uh, uh, what's his name, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill standing beside him, and he looks like he's got a little like airplane, like little liquor bottle. It's like an airplane liquor bottle, and he's drinking it on the sidelines, and like they're standing there together, and people are asking like, "Uh, excuse me, sir, what is that?" It's straight pickle juice. Tyreek Hill was cramping, and he was chugging little like two ounce little bottles of pickle juice to get get limber during the game. I just thought that was funny. Have you ever had straight pickle juice, Todd? 
Uh, I have not. I don't think I would mind though. I think I would definitely take some if um, ever <laughs> had the need to. If you ever, if but, you ever cramping that Todd, if you were ever cramping that bad, if it's chugging, just turn up a bottle of pickles. Then yeah, you're you're in hey, big trouble. <laughs> cramping hurts, man. I keep myself very hydrated anyway, but yeah, you know, yeah. it, when you're out there on the field, though, you're losing all that real fast. So yeah. But anyway, I just thought it was funny. Uh, I, I threw us off kilter there. So um, anyway, I'll throw the, you off later. Oh, I, I look forward to it. Uh, you might get a reaction. I'm pretty wound up tonight. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, rushing yards. Can we just we Todd, this is exactly what we talked about. We didn't do very good with rushing yards in comparison on, on the mirror side. The Falcons held the Buccaneers to 51 yards rushing. Dude, there was yeah. 86 yards total rushing in the entire game. Both teams combined. How yeah. crazy of a NFL, like that's 2020 NFL right there. I mean, you know, other than Derrick Henry, but like, I, I feel like the rushing numbers are like, uh, there is less and less. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe it's just where I sit in the NFC. But well, this is the deal with with the running game. I mean, you don't have to have a dominant running attack anymore, but you just need to have enough rushing yards to be able to win games and to right. control the clock a little bit. Yeah. But it's a passing league, you know. And, and the game of football in general is now college football, pro football. Really, you only see high school uh, running the ball more than passing. Right. Um, and that's that's only like for the teams that don't really have a good quarterback. If they have a good quarterback, they're passing in high school too. AKA so, AKA Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So check this out. Matt Ryan goes 34 of 49 with 356 yards and three touchdowns with a in a passer rating of 110. And if I told you that before the game started, you'd be like, oh man, awesome. I'm glad the Falcons beat them. No, they lost that game. And Matt Ryan well, had an excellent game. I would have asked how many rushing yards is yeah. for the running back. <laughs> I would have asked that. Yes, I would have asked that. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, that, go, that goes back to we were talking about the other day. I mean, the leadership on the team. I mean, yeah, uh, Matt Ryan, we break a record, so you got to catch up to Eli Manning. But where are you on both sides of the ball of leading this team and make sure that we finish? That's that's the biggest question that we have to answer here um, as Falcon Nation. Yeah. You know, Falcons Nation wants the answer to that question, and it's how to finish. Speaking of what we talked about, me and you, Lee, we talked about whether or not Raheem was going to get a fair shake at this job, but it came out today that um, uh, Raheem officially has scheduled an interview with uh, Mr. Blank and the ownership and, I guess, the leadership or whatever. So he's actually going to go in and sit down, and they're going to ask him – you know, about the plan moving forward. I, I mean, I say with Raheem, I mean, like I say, we talked yesterday. The problem with him was I think he was playing scared um, this season when he was trying to keep this job. I think when we talked the next session, I think this game we played with Chiefs, he's going to um, kind of like let it all out because he's do or die pretty much right now. I think you're going to see some different play calling. I think he's going to take advantage of everything and just pull everything out the book because now, hey, if you're going to show Arthur Blank in the front office, that you can rally your team up and we can go ahead and, and it's pride over everything right now. We can't just take an air, just look at draft right now. We're trying to secure jobs. I think when he uh, named Gurley as the, the backup, that's too late. You should have did that a long time ago. You should have did it a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, Gurley's been suffering a little bit. I mean, he's 
had what something like thirty six yards in the last three games, so it, yeah. he's struggling right now. Well, he he uh, took away from his total this past game. He had one rush. He, well, negative, yeah, negative one yard, right? Negative one yards. Yeah, <laughs> that was opening I, play. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, isn't that sad though? That's that's just sad. Okay, so with. Go, Go ahead, Todd. Okay, so this is a good chance for us to kind of talk about this because today ESPN Plus, they had an article um, where they had writers get together and they were looking at three coaching jobs in the NFL. So they had the Texans, they had the Detroit Lions, and they had the Falcons. Honestly, I didn't even read about the other two teams. I just went straight down to the Falcons section. Right, right, so right, right. They were talking about it. And so the first one they mentioned was Raheem Morris. Um, they said the other teams don't really seem to have a structure – to like where they would have another good guy to go to, but they said that the Falcons have a good guy to go to if they wanted him, Raheem Morris. But then they mentioned another name there. And we haven't talked about this person. I haven't heard him mentioned anywhere. I don't know if he's really got an interview or not, but I thought this was an interesting name. So they mentioned Marvin Lewis as a candidate for the Falcons job. Okay, let's talk about this real quick. Are you so serious? They did. And this is just my perspective with it. I'm going to tell you what I think about it. Okay. The only thing I can remember, Marvin Lewis is a good coach, but the thing that I remember most about Marvin Lewis is his playoff record. And it was 0-7 with the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. You know, he had a – he was just a little bit over 500 in the regular season. I think his regular season record was right around 131, 122-3 at three ties. But whenever they made it to the playoffs, not only were they 0-7, but they lost – Ugly when they went to the playoffs too. It wasn't even pretty. I would not be happy. No, to I was coming no. to the Falcons. No, no. I think he. I mean, there was a sh- stretch there that they. I don't. Was it? Was it him? Or was it the other Cincinnati coach? There was a stretch there that he like won two games in three years or something. Like is that? If I'm if I'm thinking correctly. Uh, well, toward the end of his tenure, I don't remember exactly what his record was. It wasn't good that the last two or three years that Marvin Lewis was there. It was very poor. But before that, they were a consistent eight playoff team. I think they made seven straight playoff appearances. It's just they would lose in the first round every year. Now, I mean, there could be other intangibles there. I mean, Andy Dalton, I never really have thought of him as a frontline quarterback either. So, I mean, that could be part of it as well. He might have been built more for the regular season and not as a postseason quarterback. But Oh, it was interesting just to throw the name out there, but I wasn't really for it. No, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not for it. Listen, if you had a choice, if they were both sitting there, at, you know, Marvin Lewis or Raheem Morris, I mean, I'm I'm going I'm going Raheem Morris, right? Are you, is that is that the? Yeah, I would too. I I would too. And, yes. and just like Lee said yesterday, is like you don't have to throw. He might not accept it, but I mean, I would do my best to give him another show me deal, maybe a, a year or two. And then, uh, you know, but here's the deal with that, though. I didn't challenge you on this yesterday, but like you're talking about like a one year deal. You're playing with fire because uh, if you keep just testing you, I, I don't I don't know if I. I, at first, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But then you think the, the roster becomes one year older in their career and you get one one more year of uncertainty. I don't I think you need to make a decision uh, and a clean slate move all at one time. You know, GM, full staff, full and just we're starting at this point, and we're mo- and we're and we're moving forward. I get, I, I understand that that position when you want to say, "Hey, let's make it clear cut, and this is who who we're going to run with, who we put our trust in." But I feel like if you want to say, "Hey, nobody's safe," 
You know, if you want to say, hey, this year, hey, girl, you're not safe. Matt, right. you're not safe. Nobody's safe in here. So if you want to play or if you want to risk being traded or being moved on, then you have to make that decision. But for this year, we got what Maheen Moore is going to do it. And he's going to do it like, like the um the person that just said of the Falcons. He said, hey, he let the GM come in. If he want to split up Julio and Matt Ryan, hey, he going to let the GM come in and do his thing. Yeah, it, nobody's safe. So it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna see what you produce. Like like Jerry Jones be, hey, produce and I pay you. You know, my my hand never cramps when I'm writing that check. Right, check, right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I saw a tweet the other day. This is like a silly like Falcons account. And he's like, the only person safe on the roster is Young Way Koo. <laughs> For real, I, I mean, he's doing his job. I mean, he put up what. Uh, nine points for us. Uh, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for house. cleaning house myself. I'm all for just cleaning house. Um, I did hear um, around the league too, a couple of the NFL insiders. I really think that the Falcons general manager post is going to be awfully tough to fill yeah. as well because of the way the structure is built with Rich McKay being there. It's kind of just a weird situation. Yeah. And a lot of GM candidates would probably rather go somewhere where they feel like there's not somebody looking over their shoulder. Right. And they feel like Rich McKay is just right there looking over their shoulder. So I think that's a, a bigger problem. I, yeah. Uh, I, just looming too. I totally agree with that. Uh, the full aut- autonomy uh, does not exist with the Falcons, especially if you had a, because of like Rich McKay is Rich McKay's role. It's, to us is pretty undefined and his, his career with the Falcons has been, I don't want to say suspect, but his career with the Falcons has been, uh, it's got some holes in it of like demotions and promotions. And it's, uh, you know, like, what does he do? Like, so, and like you said, him being, I guess, Arthur Blank's secondhand man or whatever, that you would yeah. feel like it would be another cook in the kitchen and you don't have full control of the mm-hmm. roster. Right. Right. And I mean, he say you want let the GM have full control, but the only thing we can wait is time to tell exactly how much control the GM and um, the new head coach will actually have. Wait, don't you think if you're like a brand new GM and you come into the situation, like, wouldn't you? I, th- I know Todd, I think you you the one said it's like you just come in and just clean like just come in and clean okay you've got a massive contract you're getting older let's trade you and so we could get yeah. you know build we're gonna build a fresh team along with some fresh faces and we're gonna get this ball rolling like I think but I feel like and I don't have like any I don't know if Arthur Blank's sentimental or whatever but I feel like Arthur Blank would push back on that I don't know it's the feeling I don't have any evidence of that of you know, um, I can agree to that somewhat too. I, I mean, he really never has cleaned house in this entirety anyway. You know, he right. brought like he came in, Dan Reeves was already established as the head coach. Then he brings Rich McKay in. Rich McKay did a horrible job as general manager. His worst decision was bringing in Bobby Petrino. And then he, he had that uh, defensive end Jamal Anderson the same year, yep. and that didn't work out either. And so then he was demoted instead of fired, but he actually is still over the new GM they hired. And so there you had Thomas Dimitrov was set here, you know, for what, 13 years yeah, exactly. with a, with another uh, face looking over his shoulder too. So I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, you know, it might be under consideration for Arthur play. I think he does get sentimental people, but maybe he should just clean house entirely, including McKay. Well, I just thought it was strange too. Under under Dan Quinn, they did a pseudo clean house and they skipped over the general manager and the head coach. Do you remember that? 
You mean when Mike Smith was fired? Uh, when, when, when are you talking about? Oh, when they, oh, they fired all oh, the, under Dan all, Quinn, when they changed the coordinators. Yeah, okay. they they yeah. fired all the coordinators and then got new coordinators and then. But Dan Quinn saved his job, and so he went through two rounds of coordinators before he was fired. That's not really an odd thing though, because I think that happens more often than not. Like you basically you go into these tiers. So, okay, the head coach might have been at fault, but you're going to go ahead and as a head coach, you're going to blame the coordinators for everything. You're like, okay, we're going to fix everything because we're going to bring in a new office of coordinator yeah. and some, some new guys here. And we're going to switch Raheem Morris over to defense and we're going to take him off the offensive side of the ball. And that's how we're going to clean everything up. And then it didn't actually work out the way. The Falcons actually got worse. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. So we've talked about that. We need to talk about what Lee said yesterday about the draft. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that needs to be, a, I had some time to sleep on it. And, uh, Lee, I'm Lee. I'm gonna let you speak for yourself. You went in the first round. You uh, at pick number five. You went. I think you went Najee Najee Harris when it was all said and done. Yeah, at first, I think you said yeah. Trevor Lawrence, and I think that you were. You know, yeah, you know, you know we we, we gotta have to. We either gotta right. Trevor Lawrence gonna go real quick. Uh, I mean, we either gotta go QB or running back. I understand what Ty has said earlier. I, I, you know, spend all that money on a running back in the run game and trying to pick it back off that and understand that we still need that old line to produce and make holes necessary for our running back to execute. And so, yes, I would still want Najee, like I said, Najee right now projected going to the second round. I still think we still need a running back. Uh, Ty, defensively, yes, we still need secondary. We need both of those. But if we had to, we had to spend that pick five, I am going. I'm, I'm split between a quarterback and a running back. Why I said the quarterback? Somebody need to sit behind Matt Ryan. Somebody need to be behind Matt Ryan and put some fire on him. And say, hey, if you mess up this game, you throw three interceptions, we send you down. We're gonna be just like Carson Wentz. You're gonna just be like a lot of all these quarterbacks who have been a piss, uh, performing badly, and now you're gonna sit on the bench and you're gonna have to sit there and watch. I. I totally like that. I'll let you talk, jump in as one second. I I like the competition behind the quarterback. You know, Jalen not Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz situation. I don't like a I don't like a controversy, a quarterback controversy. But I do like competition of like you're not being competent right now. We need to put someone in there that is competent. Here you go, young sir. Test the waters out. I agree to that like segment of it. I right, go ahead, Todd. So, yeah, I agree we need a running back. I just don't think that we need to take a running back in the top five and we could probably still get the same guy in the second round with our second round pick. And it's the same way I feel with quarterback. Like, I feel like a quarterback would be a good move depending on where we would fall on the draft. I mean, currently, there's just two guys I would really want to take, and that would be Trevor Lawrence by far and Justin Fields would be my second choice. And we may still get a chance to do that. I saw a mock projection today where – uh, Justin Fields had dropped down to fourth. I think the Falcons were picking fifth, and Carolina was going to scoop up Justin Fields with him and Joe Brady. I mean, could you imagine that if Joe Brady was still Carolina's offensive coordinator? But um, running back, I mean, I, we've talked on the show so many times about how the Falcons reached to get A.J. Terrell in the draft last year. I still feel, though, I know the guy's been playing pretty well up until this weekend. And, uh, I mean, yes, Stan, go ahead, roll your eyes. <laughs> and <laughs> Roll your eyes. But but I think we can get Najee Harris in the second round. I felt like we could get a Travis Etienne in the second round. That'd be another back that oh, I'd yeah. like to see oh, in yeah. here. Yeah. And, yeah. and 
And those are guys that, that I think we easily could still get in the second round. I just don't see any of those running backs going in the first round right now. And they're fantastic. But the reason yep. why they're not projected to be first round picks is because the average life of a running back in the NFL is only three years. And that's what teams have to think about. They invest that much money into a draft pick. Yeah. Right. NFL stands for not for long. Okay. So what and, and like, I, and like I say, Stan, sorry to cut you off. No Ty, I said last time, hey, last time the Falcons had a draft pick, we, you know, we had Deion Sanders. That's why I'm looking at the running back. That, that, that's oh, yeah. why, you know. Yeah, let's get excited. Okay, so just think about the draft. Okay, so we're going five. So you go um, the linebacker from because if it's getting if 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 Fields is getting dropped, the, the top five gets kind of shaken up a little bit. What if Micah? What's the linebacker for Penn State? Micah Parsons is that the correct name? Um, anyway, you get like a stu- like a star studded linebacker. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you so how do you, would you would you feel okay about that or are you still go you still go in trenches Todd uh, I would still go trenches but I would feel okay with a linebacker too because we could probably use an upgrade there and here's the thing too I mean you don't ever really know what an NFL team is thinking like we think we know what they're thinking like in our mind uh we Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick and you know Justin Fields is the second pick but you never know some NFL team might be studying the tape on Trey Lance and like oh man I think he's the best quarterback of the draft you just don't know how these teams are going to actually go once you get to the NFL draft it could end up you know coming out entirely different so some of those quarterbacks could potentially land in our lap too right and uh, and so I saw uh I think um I don't remember who posted it but uh they the the Jaguars ended up going or no the Jets ended up going Zach Wilson, I think, over over Justin Fields, and that's yeah, yeah, and that's how the, the Justin Fields fell to four, I think. It's, but anyway, that's I mean, those and that's way in the future. We still got two games to play, but dude, the Jets, what are y'all like? What's going on here? If that's, I would be so so mad. You you had visions of Trevor Lawrence at night, and then bang. No, no more Trevor Lawrence. You now you're tied. I don't know how they do the tiebreaker, but so I saw you're talking about the the Panthers. Uh, if the Panthers win one of their last games, which I don't know, their I don't follow them obviously what their schedule is. But if the Panthers win one of those and the Falcons lose out, the Falcons I think the highest they could get is four, four. So uh, there you go. That for the rest of the season. Um, all right. So back to well, I don't want to go back to that game, but. Back to the score prediction. Todd, what was your score prediction? I wrote them down, but they're in another room. It was 31 to 10 Tampa. It was obviously a lot closer than that, but uh, yeah. I think I hit on the, uh, on the 31, didn't I? You, you did. You, <laughs> you hit, you hit, hit. I, and I, I did, uh, and I, I think I did uh, 31, 28, 17. And so um, I missed it. But I mean, I missed it by a little bit, but I was, we were, we were both on the right trail. So, uh, I was going with 21 10. So, you go 21 10 the Falcons? Yeah, 21 10 Tampa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, hey, I was just giving you, giving you a shot. So, if you want, yeah, I, that's why I was trying to be quiet. I didn't want to talk too bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, that was. We knew ever that's uh, that's the worst part about this loss. Everybody knew this was coming, and I hate that the Falcons have that mentality and have that stigma around them. I know the Super Bowl. I know they've blown four double-digit leads this season. I know all that stuff. But how long? That's my question: Is 
how long is it going to take to erase that stigma? What would it, what is it going to take to erase the stigma? A new day. Next year, next year with new staff, new players. I mean, I don't think anybody really remembers anything from year to year that much. Anyway, I think it's always, you're going to the new season and what's there that year is, is what you know. You don't remember anything from the past. I think, I think that's a, a good point. There are only a certain teams and certain cultures that, that carry over a little bit. You'll, but you think of like the Steelers, you're like, oh, the Steelers have a good running game and a good defense. Like, you know, like it's, that's a culture thing and like year to year it's expected. But I mean, you'll look at, you know, the Niners went to the Super Bowl two years ago and now they're, they're trying to trade for Matt Ryan to get, you know, get to back to the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, Ty, you said, I'm sorry, because I was saying, you know, Ty, you said nobody remember things from year to year. I don't know. Um, people are going to remember that Dallas game. Um, that's just going to, I mean, people talk about it right now that the Atlanta Falcons could not touch the ball when they could have touched the ball. I, I, you can never forget that. It's not even Super Bowl. Like, we're not going to forget the Super Bowl with Patriots. That game just, everybody said, well, yeah, you can't finish. So, I think some well, things, we can't, we, we, it's just going to stay down. And, well, the right. Super Bowl is different. I mean, uh, yeah, I can remember. Yeah. You're always going to remember the Super Bowl because it yeah. was, I mean, that, just historically in pro sports, really any sport, college sports or otherwise, it's probably right. the worst postseason loss ever yes. for any team. Yes. So, you're going to remember that one. Now, the Dallas game, we remember it now because that happened recently. But I'm telling you, next year, when we have a new coaching staff, when we have new draft picks, people are going to forget the Dallas game pretty quickly, even though it was an atrocious decision on Dan right. Quinn's part and the players didn't react well, but nobody's going to remember that. Right. Yeah. That, that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl loss hit different, man. That, it does. that, uh, yeah, that'll stay with you. All right, guys. Um, anything else you want to bring to the table? You got anything else you want to add tonight, Todd? Uh, I don't think so. Not, okay. not for this game. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we we got uh, the the Falcons lost that game in surprising fashion. I didn't realize they were going to get out. I didn't think they were going to get out to such a big lead. So the talent's there. Um, just got to put it together. Uh, you got out in front of a, a talented team, and then just fell. I don't know about fell apart, but just gave it away and just could execute. But so like, there's there's stuff there. There's building blocks there. So uh, you know, Falcons fans. Just stay, you know, change it on the rise. Um, and we'll have, like Todd said uh, a couple episodes ago, we'll have a lot more to talk about here coming up soon. Uh, we, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot on the horizon for the Falcons in, in, a, in a good direction. So hopefully the, the, the staff uh, makes some good decisions. So um, uh, if you uh, thank you, Lee, thank you for joining us for another episode. Todd, appreciate your time too. And uh, let's let's jump on out here. If you like what you heard tonight, go ahead and like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast these days. And until next time, Falcons fans, rise up.